Welcome to Unsolicited Views, where we talk about topics that you may or may not give a damn about. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Views podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share. If you would like us to talk about any specific topic, please DM us on IG or email us at info at unsolicitedviews.com. Also, if you're a listener and maybe you are an inspiring podcaster, book and record with us at www.unsolicitedviews.com or simply go to IG in our bio, our link tree, get book your time and you can book a podcast with us. Lastly, thank you for listening to Unsolicited Views. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Thank you. All right, what's good? We back another episode of Unsolicited Views. Yeah. All right, yeah. it's John. It's Maul. <laughs> I said Maul. Maul not even here. Oh, my gosh, to, yo. I'm used to my role in my head. But anyways, it's John's Mel. We got two special guests. We're going to let them introduce themselves. Um, they actually been on here before, too, but. Yeah, <laughs> actually, both of them. <laughs> they actually have, but they ain't been on together, though. So, yeah, introduce yeah. yourself again. You can go first, Norman. What's up? You already know what it is. It's uh, your boy Norm, outside the Norm podcast. Check us out. But I'm yeah. back. Hey, yo, give me a football background too, because I know we're gonna go into that, and it'll make sense oh, more man. later. Well. Twenty five years of fo- playing football. I played high school, collegiate, and semi pro. So I'm well and flag. So I'm well vested into the football community. Twenty five years, man. That's a long time to play football, bro. Yeah. You didn't play Little League? I did. I started at eight. That's 25 oh, years. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I, well, 29 technically because I played in January this year too. So. All right. What's good, Doug? Yeah, yeah. It's Douglas McNeil III, also known as that boy, the boy, Ocho. Uh, <laughs> professional free agent, professional wide receiver, fitness coach, and part owner of Essence of Pearl. Dope, dope, dope. So today we was going to just do uh, a sports talk. I really want to talk about like sports and how it affects life and like life after sports, life during sports and just like the ups and downs because I think a lot of people don't understand. There's a lot that go into sports. Um, we was talking offline, me and Norman, we were just talking about like the money. We didn't even get into the actual <laughs> on the field. It's just like all the money plays that happen in college athletics and professional athletics. There's so much stuff to happen before you even hit the field. But I guess we can get started. We um do our answers to the view segment. We didn't do it last week, y'all, but we back. So who wanna go first? You got you got one, Mel? Yeah, I, I guess I, I mean I'm I'm gonna stick to the the, the, the low hanging fruit, man. I keep this this virus is getting to a lot of people, but with, with the part that's really getting me is the, the politics of it all. <laughs> like um, <laughs> you know, like politics during I, the virus I, is crazy, right? I can't I can't fathom like the shit that's going on in in the White House right now, and it's like so annoying, um, especially when I've been looking at videos of like the past presidents that have been on, and they kind of like predicted this. Both of them, George Bush and uh, Barack Obama, both kind of said we need to have stuff in place. Um, a pan, another strand of a virus that pops up. Look, we and then we uh, get here. Now, presidents happen to dismantle the one thing that might have helped us a little bit. So, I mean, this is politics. Shit is it, it blows me. I'm getting more and more into it than I want to, only because it's it's like a it's like a what's that reality show right now? But and then so that's that's been on my mind. <laughs> I got to add to your point. Um, which one called it dropped out today? Uh, yeah, yesterday, my man Bernie. Yeah, Bernie dropped out. 
and then we got so we stuck with Joe. Yeah, I mean, so that's that's another thing that's another piece of politics that's going to be interesting. Everybody saying they don't like Joe Button. Joe, I said Joe Button. Wow. Joe Button. <laughs> Might be Joe a Biden. Everybody saying they don't that's like Joe Biden. Yeah. I'm like, but I'm like, yo, did they did? Do we want to relive what happened four years ago? You know what I'm saying? Do we do we want real? And nobody like Hillary Clinton. Look what happened. Yeah, we we are. I just want to keep that keep keep that keep that in mind when people not going think about not voting. You know, just why? 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 Well, I, I have ones, but I'm I I wait. I go last. What you got, no? Oh shit, me? Oh man, uh, <laughs> never showed on words. <laughs> that, nah, that going along with this coronavirus situation, that racism is definitely still prevalent, even with the pandemic going on. Yeah, bro. Um, big time. Just to let you know, like, just to, I don't know if people really are paying attention to shit, like how they try to, pro, you know, they try to say that African Americans are affected the most, but they didn't give the uh, the reason why that. African Americans are not surviving the virus as much as other people is because we don't have access to mm. a lot of stuff that other people have. We have pre-existing uh, conditions that a lot of races don't deal with and things of that nature. So I think it was ignorant um, for them to say the things that they said. And you know, part of it is like, well, we've never had a fair shake in the health system, period, from the beginning. There's doctors that have denied us. There's pharmacies that, you know, have denied us. There's there's a lot of things that go on. Racism still is prevalent, even in a situation where it affects everybody, no matter what you look like. That's just my uh, my unsolicited view. That I, I take I take it a step further. I mean, like like you said, some of that. If you think about systemic racism, right? Like mm-hmm. if you think about the, the historically and disenfranchised people, right? If you go in the hood. Where yeah. where you see grocery stores? They usually <laughs> connect it to a liquor store, they, or they connect that is it a to grocery a, store to a sub shop or, or a chicken or you know what I'm a chicken box spot or you know what I'm saying. I do you one better. It's not even that. Is that the cheapest stuff that you can buy is the stuff that's usually not beneficial to you. Oh, so that's, that's what. It. So oh, yeah, when sure. you on food stamps and you trying to you know make your money stretch, you're not buying. T-bone steaks. You're not buying yeah. grass-fed chicken. You're not buying. <laughs> yeah. You understand what I'm saying? You buying the things that you like. Yo, you buy. You buying got, ramen, yo. That's a thousand, yeah. thousand milligrams of sodium. That's <laughs> driving your blood pressure up. <laughs> right. Right. Then when shit like this comes, <laughs> it's like you know right. what I'm saying? Just, <laughs> just the way to kind of look at it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you. But we, we did as black people. Now speak. I'm speaking specifically to black people. As black people, we kind of deal with shit as it comes to us. And like you, like even still in like, I was watching Trevor Noah's, uh, a lot of black people are in service jobs where we're still being exposed to the shit because we're nurses, we're firefighters, we're policemen, we're, you know, working in the grocery store. We're working, you understand what I'm saying? Like, so, of course, what the fuck do you expect? Yeah. 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 I was about to say, generational wealth was not a luxury virus. That we had. So no. You gotta yeah, go out. Trying to create it with this generation. Facts. Trying. Trying. All facts. That's I always say that because I like I you know the people that work for me, it's like it's 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 harder and harder for somebody that's making a certain amount of money, you like, and you gotta keep coming back to work. Like that cashier at Walmart, I'm like, I don't know if I were you, I would have probably been like, Yeah, I'm good. I, I can probably wow. change. You got, but but 
to to make that point. What if you are the breadwinner in your household, right? Yeah. Or you that sixteen year old that's working in the fast food, nobody else can work in the house. Like that's some real shit. Like my frat brother posted that. Like you are the sixteen year old that works at Burger King, nobody else is working, and you they rely on you to bring whatever money you can bring in the house. So yeah. it's ten dollars, yeah. eleven dollars an hour. Yeah, they need a twelve dollars, whatever. That's everything. All right. What you got, Doug? You got one or you want me to go? Yeah. Uh, listen, if you um look, I don't care if you got corona or not. You got one time to cough around me and I'm putting a mask on. So <laughs> check your temperature, check your cough, check all that stuff before you get by corona or not. Because I don't care. You feel me? I don't care if it's you or your two year old baby. You and your two year old baby get away from me. I ain't got time. So check your temperature before you come around me, because you got one cough and that's it. <laughs> so you got one cough and then one cough and then you can stay, or you got one cough and you out. Nah, no, you can stay. I'm gonna move or I'm gonna put my mask on. Like, either way, you know I mean, you gotta protect yourself. So you got one cough and maybe a half a half. Once you do that, <laughs> that eliminates the cough. Like that's a quick cough. So I gotta get away. That's fair. Right. No real shit though. Oh man, that's I think I think that's what that's what we learned. Yo, some people just didn't have manners before, and then it's, like, just nasty. it's, it's exacerbated now. Yo, <laughs> like niggas who ain't washed their hands before, yeah. niggas who ain't coming in. It's a white guy before. right now. Just walked out of the bathroom right now. Ain't washing hands. Yep. Like, it's, it's touching that damn door now. <laughs> then he coughing on his hand, and oh man, them niggas. Oh, I told you I was in the grocery store, and all four of them were right beside each other. I said, one of them caught. I'm snuffing them. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yo, they weaponizing that shit now, that dirtiness. <laughs> Damn, it's, yeah. it's been going on since the beginning of time. <laughs> yeah, yo. I was going to say, um, I just had something, I thought, I, I was having a conversation, it's like, I, I'm interested to know what y'all think, it's just like, it's, a, it's, a, it's towards women, so I don't want to get too much smoke, but like, do you realize that like, uh, for example, you can... You, critiquing men is like a sport for a woman. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What the fuck you mean? <laughs> and then, right, where you going with this though? I, I, I know. I, I know. I'm, I'm gonna drive on. Oh. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna keep it short because that's a whole topic. I see Norm. You like we can talk about that. Yeah, Yo, put me on that podcast for that one. I'm there for that. Yo, but yeah. the funny thing is, is I will their critique and then our critiques back are not taken the same way. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's the one place where is that you got to kind of just like, you can't even fuss on a critique. Like, you're just going to get critiqued. And you can't really rebut, because as soon as you rebut, they're going to tell you about what you did. They're not going to tell you, oh, okay, you just right. It's always still paired with what you did. But when I see they, it on Facebook every day. Right. When All they the time. You, you can't say, but remember when you did that, you can't add their past. Only the present and their critique. I just thought that was interesting. I've been seeing that more and more. I'm just like, dang. But bro, that's a whole another conversation. We're gonna talk yeah, about another time. Make sure yeah. y'all have me on for that one because I'm ready yeah, for all the smoke. Yeah, because that's a lot. Yeah, of stuff. I, I about to say that's a that's a that's a loaded topic, bro. Like, <laughs> especially when you get into a relationship, yo. <laughs> and you eat it. Yo, you eat a lot of shit, yo. <laughs> yo, you eat it. Yo. Nah, nigga, I'm not hungry. I'm not eating too much. I'm hungry. Oh, it's difficult, bro. Uh, nah, you be eating it. You be like, yo, I, I can't eat that, yo. And then you I'm know like, you got no good, bitch. 
I ain't gonna be no bitch, but I am eating the fuck out of it. <laughs> no, we ask, yeah. we ask, you just don't know. You, you gotta tell yeah. yourself that to keep yourself afloat. Like I ain't no bitch. That's all. The man. more you, you say, for your own sanity. Like the yeah. Mario game, you know how you like level up when you eat the little jump. That's how you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But um, let's talk about sports though. We here, so um, I guess the first question is like, what do you? Everybody here played a sport to a degree. Um, some better than others. Like, I, I, okay. I, I wouldn't, you know what I mean? But um, what do you feel as though the number one thing we learned from sports? Like, what did y'all learn from sports? I guess we can start with Norman Doug and then Mel, if you want to chime in too. I'm going to let Doug go first because you started with me on the other joint. So, Doug, go ahead and speak your piece, brother. Uh, I mean, like, for me, or I would say, like, with anybody, I mean, like, the first thing that you learn, like, with sports, you know, any type of sports or level is a, a structured environment. Like, whether you – you know, come from a home where you have like a mother and father or like you're in a single parent home or you don't have your parents and like you raised, you know, like by like your aunt, like a grandparent. Not everybody can control the environment that they're raised around or like grew up around. But like when you're in a sports setting, you know, your coaches and your assistant coaches, like in a way they become that authoritative, you can do this, you can't do that. And you know, for some that may be challenging because they're not used to being challenged. So I would say like, for me, like that was just being in a structured environment and just being held accountable for things that they're being pushed to, to, to challenge yourself to mm. go further. Like that's the main thing that I feel like anybody that gets into sports, like that's one of the first things that you experience. I mean, that's a big, that's a big life lesson too. Really. Yeah. I mean, just expounding on it, like accountability, that's what I think the biggest thing back when I was. I mean, I ain't played nowhere near as much football as uh, Doug and Norm did, but I did play my fair share. But knowing that on the football field, knowing that if you fuck up, you fuck up somewhere, you might get somebody else fucked up. That uh, that, that teaches you life accountability, right? Yeah. I don't think you know – you can't learn it nowhere better unless you're uh, online. Pleasant, but this is another one. Right, yeah, like – like what you're saying, like in just the everyday world, like if you do something, nobody knows if you're lying. Nobody knows if you tell the truth. Like the only people that know that is you and God at the end of the day. But when you're in those team sports, if I do something, it literally has an effect on that person left and right. So it's like if I do make a mistake, if I'm not accountable enough, somebody will have to be accountable because it's yep. like if one person is off, everybody is off. And right. I know – all of us are playing sports, so everybody know they're saying the eye in the sky don't lie. So whether you think you did, oh, man, I had a great game today. Then you watch that film, and then you got to look at yourself and say, hey, you know, maybe I didn't have a great game. I missed these blocks. I did this. So definitely that accountability factor, but that all just comes in that structured, structured environment, like just having people that don't see you for your ego, but just truly you're a byproduct of your work. So like, you're not getting the work done. You got to expect to be told that. I'm my brother's keeper. That's what it comes down to for, bro. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, what you got, Noah? So to go along with what he's saying, so for me, uh, I think one of the first things you learn that is we're not all equal when it comes to sports. Damn, that's true. Right? So you're the kid that's above his uh, ability or you're the kid that doesn't have the same ability that the kids around you have. So what that teaches you, 
what that teaches for me, what that teaches you is how are you going to handle adversity? Are you going to work to get better? Or are you going to fold and say, oh, because I'm not as good as, you know, Jay beside me that I don't want to play anymore. And I think that's the thing about life that a lot of people don't understand. Like, yo, there's going to be people that's better than you and better in certain things. Are you even going to work for it? If you want to stay in that lane, are you going to work for it and get better? Or are you going to choose a new lane? Now, even in Pop Warner Sports, even in the smaller sports, even whatever, whatever, you know, there are a lot of kids that change, they, they change their lane. Because they're like, mm, I'm not ready to face that part of reality that I was great. I was great because I could play on the street or I was great because my mom always told me or my dad always told me that I was good this and the third. But they never told me that there was somebody who was going to be better than me and it's going to, to push me to be better, right? I agree with everything that uh, what Doug said. But for me, I think I learned like, yo, there are people that, you're going to rely on because he's like, they're so good or they're, they're good at what they do. And there are people that you're going to kind of look at like, Hey, if you're going to get, get with the program or we got to leave you behind because you're not willing to yeah. step up to the plate and show that you're willing to work hard, willing to be this and that. because a team, like you said, a team is about everybody. That honest guy don't lie hundred percent. So when you get that eye and you say, Hey, you gave up on this block. Or you didn't put your all in this, and you ain't do this, and you, you ain't do that. And the people are like, well, no, I did do come to a pause of self-realization where you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, what type of person are you, right? Yeah, are you sure. are you a quitter? Are you, I'm going to fight to the bitter end? Or are you a person that's content with whatever goes on and whatever? I just want to be a part of the program. You know what I mean? And that starts as, as young as recreation, Pop Warner in high school. So, okay, cool. I was I was gonna say it's interesting y'all talk about sports because I played, I ran track, I played football, but I didn't play because I even wanted to. Like I was just like, it seemed like the best next thing to do. Like everybody else, my brother played, my cousin, might as well. Ain't ain't gonna hurt. So I played. Hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't a. It was a great experience. But what one thing I realized to Norm's point is, we I didn't go to a winning school when it came to sports. And what you find out is what made me keep coming back was after that first year, I think we had played somebody in the county like Eastern Tech. And I was just like, oh, we, we suck. Like, you don't think you suck. <laughs> so, somebody, you like, they call them plays and they ninth grade. Like, they call them plays. This is a scrimmage. And then, like, so what made me keep coming back was just like, sometimes to your group, like, at that school, I might have been good. But once you started stepping out and we started hitting other people, I'm like, oh, no, you're not as good. And that's why I was fortunate to run track where our school was good, whereas though we was, I was pushed to be a better athlete in track than with football because a lot of times mediocrity is a mindset. And when you are amongst, like, a sports team or something, is mediocrity or losing is a mindset. Like, it's surprising how people are comfortable with losing, like, and comfortable being mediocre. And they will not push you. So like, I played sports and was not pushed at all, and uh, especially in football, we weren't. But pushed. coaching comes to coaching is a part of that too. So it all depends part. on the mentality of the coach, to a degree. Yeah, he, he was he was a different type of guy. He was like one one from the Gipper type of dude. Like so, <laughs> Wayne went none for the Gipper though. But <laughs> it was just it was just. But it, it taught me how to lose, which was it, is something you got to learn in life. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so right. I learned. 
we I learned how to lose really good, like to the point where as though <laughs> and the only thing about high school sports that I hated though is like you always gonna run into somebody at the mall, at a prom, and he's like, yo, don't you number such and such? You like, yeah. You're like, no, nah, you 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 gave it up, but y'all trash, but now nah, you you was all right that game. You was all right. Like, that's all that matters. So at the end of the day, at some point that's all that matters. Yeah, it felt like, good. I was just like, we 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 trash, but I wasn't I wasn't the bottom of the trash can. I was like on top. You know what I mean? I was, he was the lid. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Now you thinking. There you go. So that's why I was just like, man, so sports is one of those things, but I do I think this generation need to play more sports because I think it's something that's missing a little bit. Like I feel as though that competitive edge and but they do play. That's not the truth, John. They play sports. It's just different now. What do, what do you think? Is What do y'all think? Is I say, let's, let's speak on that, yo. What, yeah, what's the, what's that. the difference? Yeah, I mean, both of y'all are kind of still in it, right? A little bit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What, 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 do, what do you see? From the time when we, like, were coming up in high school and college to now the dudes you're playing with or you seeing play or you coaching or whatever, what, what, what is the difference? Yeah. I'm letting Doug go first. I'm going to speak my piece at the Doug. Go ahead, Doug. I mean, I look at it like this, two things. Me personally, I didn't start playing football until I was, I think I was 12, like when I started playing football. So like, I know like some guys, like they are like, you know, like bread, you know, like six, seven, they've been playing. So me personally, I just feel like the generation of the youth that I grew in, as opposed to now, kids today aren't used to being creative. Like I grew up in the era of Barney. So my imagination is great. Like you see what I'm saying? Like technology and things. You gotta figure out things to do. And like back then, I was the type to always be outside. Like cause you was either inside or you sitting inside. And when they told you to go outside, they told you to go outside. Don't come back. So (laughs) we were used to just being outside and just being competitive and playing and, and the generation today, I'm not saying that it's not the same, but you'll see less kids wanting to go outside because to them it's like, well, what's outside? My phone's inside. The computer's inside. The game is Life is outside. And like another thing too, like for their advantage, they're more tech savvy. So because they live in a more tech savvy generation, that also allows them to educate themselves a little more. Back then, we could watch how to get better by watching a game. You know, after that game is over, I got to wait till the next game. Today, you can go to Instagram, you can go to Twitter, you can see this workout. Okay, this is what OBJ is doing. Let me go do this now. So it's like they have more material that's out there to better that craft. You know, back then, we just was just outside, you know, let's just Mm -hmm. go run and let's just go jump. So today, it's like like, it's no excuse not to be an elite athlete. Like if you really like put yourself like in that headspace. I don't think. Do you think? Do you think that the uh, the access to like OBJ's workouts and all of the pros' workouts? Do you think that's helping or hindering? And I'm asking because sometimes they will a lot. They, like they'll see OBJ doing and say, "All right, I'm gonna do this," not realizing that it's more to it than what you're seeing. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes I think they get discouraged as George, like like Norm was saying, like might get discouraged because like damn, I'm not that good. My footwork ain't like his. Shit, what I got? I don't man, let me quit. Yeah. But yeah, what you think about that? I wouldn't say discouraging, but I would say to some extent it's definitely more of a, a, a hindrance than it helps. And I probably would put that split maybe if not 60-40, maybe 70-30, meaning it's hindering more than the seven because 
the expectation becomes if I just watch him do this and I do that, then that will be me. Like they mm. don't look at the process. They just look at the hindsight. Like, okay, he did this and he's there. If I do that, I should be there. But that'll also lead them to a rude awakening because it's like, it's not just if I do this one particular thing. There are, yeah. I won't even put a number on it, but it's a bunch of things that go into getting to that place where you like see yourself as a professional or just a great at whatever you do. They didn't just do this one thing that one day that you watched it on the gram at 6.30. Like, what were they doing at 6? What were they doing at 5? What did they do at 2? Like, what did they do at sweat like? So it's like, it's more that goes into what you see because I've always heard this thing. Believe half what you see and none of what you hear. So people only show you what they want you to see. So you can't just look at, okay, these, this is all that they're doing. And that, to me, I feel like hinders the youth because they just think they're just going to do this video, post it, get 6,000 likes. Yeah, I'm nice. But your route's trash. You don't got a good diet. You don't work on speed. So it's like you're just trying to imitate what you see, but you don't really know what it takes. What you got, Norm? That's, yeah, I didn't even think about half the stuff you just said. <laughs> so I'm going to piggyback on what he's saying. So well, I think what the youth don't realize that Instagram is a bunch of highlights of what you do well, right? Mm-hmm. So we never see like, when you mess up. You know, and that's real life. That's not just I'm mean, we keep it specific to sports, but think about it. When people create like Instagram is a highlight of what you do well, right? But the difference between a lot of these kids is they also coming up in sports where failure is not looked at as a bad thing. It's like, oh, it's okay. You did X, Y, Z. Nah. If you're a loser, you're a fucking loser. Man, it is what it is. You understand what I'm saying? So, like, I came up in that generation. I'm like, yo, we were three and four. We fucking suck in recreation. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yo, yeah, thanks for coming out, but y'all wasn't that good. Y'all didn't make it to the playoffs. Y'all not that good. And I think for me, fortunately enough, that I also think that your parenting background plays a part into it too, right? Because a lot of parents are a lot more involved because they think every kid is a superstar that they have out their vagina or that they create from their penis. And then they're a fucking superstar. So when little Johnny or little fucking JJ is five, ain't fucking great, they have a problem with that. And they think it's the coach's fault or they think it's the the fault of the trainer, the sanitary. was like, yo, I'm giving him the same thing I'm giving everybody else. He just don't have, he's just not comprehending the same, right? So he might need a little bit more time or a little bit more da da da. Or why he not getting in the game? Because Johnny can't run a fucking comeback route. And so if he can't, that's the staple of our offense. He can't run a comeback route, he's not playing. You understand what I'm saying? Or he, he can run the route, but he can't catch the fucking ball because he can't concentrate. Or he don't know how to loop the ball in. You understand? There's a lot of factors that go, and I'm just speaking specifically to football because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But that can go with baseball. That can go with fucking hockey. That can go with any. Oh, why is why was Johnny not playing? Why is he not in the score position on hockey? Because he can't fucking shoot. He don't know how to slap the fucking puck. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of things that go in it. So that so, I think the difference now is like we learn a trial by fire. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of these kids don't learn trial by fire. Like I knew I wasn't gonna be a basketball player. You know why? Because I wasn't going to be six foot nothing growing up. You understand what I'm saying? And I could, 
my basketball skills at a young age were subpar compared to my football skills. So I said, you know what? I'm going to be a football player because I'm fucking great at this and I'm okay at this. You understand what I'm saying? Like, now, my desire to work in football was more because I was naturally better at it. And it's also come to a point where you understanding who you are as a person. Basketball was too soft for me, right? Because I had got exposed to football. Football was physical. Basketball wasn't as physical. So I'm like, yo, you can't bump a motherfucker. You can't, you know, uh, eh. basketball is okay, but football is where my heart is because I can knock a motherfucker head off and I can get a pat on the back. And it's okay. You know what I'm saying? If I close out a dude in basketball, it's not the same. I'm going to the bench. So. No, I tell you our point. I think both of y'all hit on this, and I want to know, like, mental toughness in sports. And I think that mental toughness sometimes that you gain in sports prepares you for life. So if y'all can yeah. talk about, like, the mental toughness, because, like, Doug has been – he plays sport on sports on every level now. Um, Norm has played on several levels. And also the mental toughness, if y'all can slide into the fact is, whereas though age starts to catch you, whereas though, you know, you're coming out 18, 19, 20, 25 – you hit about that 30, it's different. And I think sometimes, like, when you look at the highlight reels, you don't understand that you can be the best, but all these different factors ha- affect you as well. And you have to be mentally tough to write to be resilient. So, like, if y'all can talk about that for a second. Yeah, like, and the one thing I like about sports is that a lot of the principles, like, a lot of the things that you learn in sports, like I always, uh, like, say, like, in football, like, a lot of what I've learned in football goes beyond the sideline. So when I think about mental toughness, I remember when I was at James Madison University, uh, we had this mental, uh, I guess you can call him like a mental coach. He was one of the coaches that used to coach like JMU like years ago, like he was old, you know, like sometimes like we paid him out, like sometimes we didn't, but he would just always come in and just talk about positive self-talk, positive self-talk, like just knowing that, you know, like, if sometimes you have to be your biggest, like, supporter. Like, sometimes what you put in your head and your mindset, like, all that stuff helps. Because if you're not a mentally tough person, take sports out of it. Like, what do you do every time that you're faced, like, with a situation that you don't like or a situation where somebody says no or a situation where you think, dang, I can't do it, so I can't do it. But all that stuff really is just in your mind. And, like, when you, when you like, tell yourself or, like, when you, you – Train yourself. I won't say tell it when you train yourself because it's like Miyagi. If you think about it, Karate Kid really thought that he was just washing the car like the whole time. Like every time he was just doing it, he just thought he was just washing yeah, the car. It's a great so that muscle memory started to play a part. So it's like that same thing with your mind. If you're, if you make a habit out of seeing a challenge and then saying, ah, I can't do it, or mm-hmm. just always finding the negative in things that will be your everyday habit. Like, that will be your life. So, with me personally, and I feel like the other people that kind of see the glass as half full and half empty, it's like one of those things that either you think that way or you don't. And the people that do think that way, those are the people that tend to reach heights that they didn't think that they could reach or they overcome things that they didn't think that they could overcome. I always use the example, like, it's like magic. Like, you see a, 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 like a magician, like, put a rabbit in a hat, right? Like, and you come up, like, with a flower. Well, the rabbit is essentially like me. The magic is essentially saying, I want to do this. And the flower that comes out is just, like, what actually happens. So it's like, when you see that, 
That boy, me deep. personally, like when I see yeah. that, like that, I said I wanted to do this and that shit happened. Damn, shorty, I could do that again, and I can do it again, and I can do it again. So once you see it, or once you believe it, you just gotta keep going with it. Damn. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Yeah, I like it. What's up, Noah? So for me, mental toughness has come down to you got to be able to accept the things that you can't control, right? That's so, big. so, um, and I'll use an example like Mel. You play offensive line, right? And defensive line when we played together in high school, they use you because of your size and your aggressiveness. That was beyond your control, right? Now, realistically, you probably should have been playing linebacker as a freshman, getting you ready to get you better as you progress. Because you're not going to be – you're, what, 5'11"? You're not going to be 5'11", 350 pounds, and go and play and D-tackle at some somebody's university. You feel me? <clears throat> Promise, same thing with me. Right? They had me playing middle linebacker. I was 5'9", buck 95. There's no linebacker in the lead. It's five nine, a buck ninety five. They want you at least sixty. And there's tangibles that they want you at on certain levels in this and the third. But to understand that, you know what? I'm doing the best what I. I'm doing the. I'm gonna be the best at what I can be with the circumstances is given to me. That's a. Te- it takes a certain type of mental toughness, right? There's also mm-hmm. situations where, like, where my I was talking to my homeboy, like he works in Montgomery County, and he was like, "Yo, the kids down here." He was like, "They don't have the same." things that you guys have, I say it's the culture. The culture is different. Because with them, they like sports is just sports. For us, a lot of us, especially growing up in inner city or in a situation where we come from a parent, one single parent or or just a poor household, we're looking at sports as a way out of a situation. Right? So now the mental toughness becomes different because I can't quit. There's other people depending on me. I can't fold. Right. There's things that I got to do for my family. That I can't, you know what I'm saying? So so with mental toughness, I think going along, even what he says, even, it's one of those things where it's either you're going to accept it or you're going to shy away from it, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people like, oh, mm, I don't really want to do this because mentally it's more tough than physically it might be. Now, don't get, it, don't get me twisted. F- football is a physical game. But a lot of it, uh, mentally, a lot of it will keep you from physically getting hurt and, you know, getting your first toe talk, talk off your ass if you do what you're supposed to do. Now, every now and then, you got to look at that man and be like, yeah, he whipped my ass today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And my man, I'm pretty sure you can you can test that. Like, there's a dude that's like, yo, he got me today. Yeah. You can't lie to yourself. So, yeah. So I mean, yeah. No, nah, mental toughness. It go, like I just want to kind of tie it back to something Norm said earlier. Like this, this participation trophy age does not help mental toughness at all, because mm-hmm. now what we doing is we we giving every I'm just gonna say kids we giving all these kids these trophies saying yeah you participated congratulations. But like you said, what what happens in life? You don't get that in life, yo. Know? If nah. you if you at work, right? Any of us, if we at work today, and and we don't turn in this report on time, or we don't we don't uh talk to this right this person at the right time, or we don't do this, or we don't do that, or we don't make a meeting, or whatever yeah, the case may be. It ain't no okay. Yeah, you'll get them next time. No, it's like no, nigga. What where the fuck it is? You know what I'm saying, yeah, like, it ain't no no. Yeah, you know I'm saying like I, I just think that doesn't help this culture, man. And so I, I, the, 
the funniest thing y'all say that like and we, we might go a different way with this like we say that like mel saying that like mental toughness you need it and i've seen like establishments whether it's jobs sports everything in our life kind of fold or sway to where it's though like i guess we're gonna have to relax the standards or i guess we're gonna have to give them what they want because even companies they know like this next generation they don't really want to work what can we do to make them want to be here so i really i think it's interesting because i think it is it's a lack of mental toughness but i think studies have also shown that mental toughness and from that traditional sense we're talking about may it fails you in different aspects of life and but there's a difference. You? oh no yeah I, uh, of, I didn't, because hold on. So I'm, cause i think you, you know become, it's, it's a it's great like a lot of our parents was in survival mode when they had us right so all of us are sustaining on our own like we we got we know what to do to kind of keep ourselves afloat so it's a different type of toughness now we learning like a finesse game we're not learning you don't got to fight your way through it now it's just like all right what's the next chess move so that's why i'm saying like it's, it's i think it's pros and cons i think you need to have a basis of mental toughness but then you also got to know you know how to work your way through it what you got know I think it's a difference, though. Mental toughness, to a degree, for me, is not. Now, if there's a way to go about a situation without stressing yourself out, I get that, right? But, like, prime example, I'll, and I'll, I'll use this as an example. If there's a dude in front of you, if, if you playing football, right? You playing, let's say you playing off the line. There's a dude in front of you. It ain't no finesse. We're running the ball. <laughs> this is the circumstance. You understand what I'm saying? This is the circumstance. We're running the ball. You got to take him and move him out this hole. It ain't no finesse about it. This is your job and what you have to do at this point in this particular situation. Either you're going to do it or you're going to fail at it, right? So in life, there are situations where there is no finesse move. This is what it is. And you have to deal with it accordingly to what, what you got going on. Now, it's either you're going to deal with it and go forward or you're going to say, oh, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. If you can't get, get now to use that analogy, if you can't do it, is get them the fuck off the field because I need somebody else who can do it. Mm-hmm. And that's like work. That's yeah. like work life, right? For example, let's use this this, this situation that's going on. There are nurses, doctors, and shit that's dealing with all the shit that's going on right now. Is even uh, there's a doctor that's saying like, "Yo, I can't deal with this shit." They're gonna be like, "Oh, yo, get the fuck out this hospital. You're <laughs> on whatever, whatever. We can't deal with you. We can't use you. You ain't on the team no more. You just called, Doug. I saw that." Right. Did he just step carry that though? Yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he <laughs> a little bit. Now, to your point, like right now it's perfect, no, because like, yeah, I don't want to be in a hospital where though I'm the uh nurse and the surgeon like shaking, like, nah man, it's t- it's game time, man. You better cut him open to get this pop. You know your job. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. I, I did all the prep work. Cut him. So it's just like, I like that. I, let me ask y'all a question, lighten it up a little bit. What's the first, the one moment on the field that you was just like, I guess you could say your best moment and that one moment where you just like, either got your last ass laid out or you just was like, nah, I, I ain't do that well. Like, what's that one moment? Because I don't think you forget that moment when you're looking at the stars. And oh, you yeah, like, you never forget those moments. <laughs> you never forget those. For me, um, I can go right to it in my mind. That one play... <laughs> Where it was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely that boy, bro. Like it ain't no way. Um, it's actually like one of the clips that I have. Um, 
on my YouTube channel, I had a one-on-one -on -one rep against uh, Sherman, and I destroyed him. Like, I destroyed him. Like, I destroyed him. Like, I would destroy <laughs> anybody else in front of me. But, like, mentally, what that do for you, though, it's like, I see this dude on TV every day. Like, I know him more than I know me. Like, <laughs> like he's a professional, but, like, I just did this nigga. Not only did I just do him, I showboated. And then everybody else is congratulating me, too. So it's like, at that moment, it's just like, bro, like, I ain't no different than none of these guys here. The only thing that yeah. sets us apart from other people is just the opportunity. Like, I had the opportunity to be here to show this. It's probably somebody else that could do the same thing, but he's not here right now. So, like, just being there, being where my feet are, but then actually, like, experiencing that, I was like, yeah, I was that bitch. I was that boy. But then on the flip side of that, because you always remember your moments. Like, I remember the day that I got switched from wide receiver. Like, like I got switched from wide receiver. Now, you you know the saying, they say DBs are receivers that can't catch. i never forget this practice. It was horrible. What, I say level, horrible. what level was this, Doug? Was this pro? What was this? Oh, yeah, this is pro. This is pro. Like, it's all in the same level. Okay. This was like the second week of training camp. Second to third week of training camp. Not the second week, because I got switched the third week. I was horrible this day. I couldn't catch a cold butt nigga that bro. I couldn't. <laughs> like, I dropped multiple passes that day. Like, multiple. I dropped the type of passes. I feel like everybody has that pass where you see the ball, the ball gets close, and then a snap, and then you like, bro, what happened? Like, <laughs> I watched it. I was ready for it, but I didn't catch it. I dropped every pass. But I had a great mental attitude about it, though. Like, I just remember my coach. I remember I received a coach. He came to me, and I'm just Kobe, kind of like Black Mama. Like, I'm tripping in my mind, but I'm just on the sideline, like, waiting for my next play. I just remember him looking at me. As I'm looking straight ahead, he's talking to me like, it's okay. It's okay. I don't even worry about it. I'm going to keep putting you right back in there. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, and I'm going to keep going. But every time I kept dropping the ball, they just kept taking <laughs> more and more and more and more. That next Damn, day, man. I was a DB. That next day, <laughs> I was a DB. Flat out. I'm sitting in the DB room. I'm a DB now. I never played DB a day in my life. I'm like, dang, bro. Like, that's when I was like, yeah, bro. That shit was terrible. <laughs> that shit was terrible. Dang. What you got, yeah. man? Well, so mine's is, uh, i never forget. I walked into my coach's office. I was playing college. I was playing at Frostburg State. Uh, and I told him, I said, man, I'm ready to get it shut up. I don't want to play no more. I said, wow. because um, I give my heart and soul for this shit. And I see other people. And I feel like my coaching staff don't give me the same the same passion. And he said, well, this is after the first game of my senior year. He was like, he said, well, he said, we're going to, we, matter of fact, we went to go play um, what we go, Randolph Macon. He said, well, after this game, if you still feel that way, I understand. Go ahead and turn your stuff in, quit, whatever the case may be. So now, you know, and my man, he know, like, on the D3 level, yo, you got to be the best of the best. Now, we had a defensive end that was getting NFL looks. That's because he led the nation in sacks his senior year and on all levels. Like, you got to be top of the top of the top, right? 
So we go down Atlanta, Macon. Long story short, I had my best rushing career, 175, two, D, two TDs, and we beat them. Never beat Randall Macon before, right? So that's like one of the highlights for me because I almost gave this shit up and football wasn't fun to me anymore. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Because I'm like, yo, I'm in the D3 college. Y'all don't pay for me to go to school. You know, I'm paying basically to play for y'all and I'm out here. I bust my ass. I was one of the strongest people in the weight room. I put the work in, this and the third, and this is the fucking situation y'all give me. You understand what I'm saying? But that was one of my, like, I was like, okay. Uh, one of my worst situations was knowing that there was no pro day for me. There was no opportunity for me that my coaches didn't have a situation to help me to get to the, that pro level, right? Because at a D3 school, like I said, if you're not, if you don't feel like you're the best of the best of the best, they don't want to, they don't look out for you. But even though, as a sophomore, the Redskins and, and the Steelers were already looking at me, like, yo, what year is that kid in? He's like, oh, he only a sophomore. You know what I'm saying? And I only got better as my years progressed. Like I told you, Mel, the fact I ran a four four nine at two twenty five, yo. That's a big back move. You understand what I'm saying? Like at a D three level, them numbers alone will give you a, a chance. Am I lying, Doug? Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, even if it's gonna give you a chance. So for me, it was just like I didn't put myself in the right position to go to the right school to put myself in a chance to be successful. And, I mean, it, it's a gift and a curse, but on a semi-pro level where I never got paid, I never got, you understand what I'm saying? I wish I had the opportunity to get in somebody's camp. Um, but on a semi-pro level, I was elite, to say the least, because I worked at my craft. I did what I needed to do. I lifted weights. I ran. I did those things. So it made me elite. So I had a 10-year career in semi-pro, and I got two championships out of it, so I can't complain. So I had the same moment. i never forget. It was DJ Bryant. I was in – I was DJ. My ass, yo. i never forget. He was the biggest nigga on the field. I'm like, why is he here? i never forget. He came across the middle. I'm like, where did he come from? All I know, I was laying out, like – and it wasn't because it wasn't because he ran me over. It was I, it was my attempt to try to like I think I was trying to grab a leg, and I was just like. And then to come to find out later on, I'm like, he plays defense now. He don't play offense, like because he was he was a problem. I never forget. I'm like, why are we playing them? Like, why are we here with them? And then when I found out he went to the league, I'm like, oh, go figure. Like, yo, he he laid laid me out like I never forget but um I'm about to say I, see it's hard when you go to school like mine to find the best moments um a lot of raving, right? <laughs> yeah um <laughs> so ah uh, now we had some good moments though no we because we want we did uh do, my senior year we we had a squad the problem was always coaching but also the problem is like I said is just that competitive edge we just didn't have like we just wasn't competitive but the, my first touchdown mm-hmm. senior year, because I rushed for that first game, my senior year, I rushed for 200 yards. I just knew we was going to uh, go on and win a championship that year. Y'all play Spurs Point? <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah, it wasn't Spurs Point, though. Chesapeake. 
I'm gonna say on the team. I'm putting it in quotes because I, this was before the season. Uh, I went. I was going to summer workout faithfully, and then soon as soon as the soon as like was time to like really start going to practice and stuff, I was like, "This shit too much, bro. I'm done. I'm not. I don't, I don't like it no more." That was like, I, I'm gonna set my car to low light because I still love football and I still love football. I just didn't want to do it no more, and that's what might be one of my regrets. Maybe I could have, like, just. Through that shit, and, and it's different though in college, though. Yo, it's a job, it, it, it turns into something that you I really gotta love. <laughs> you really gotta love that shit. Mm. Like, it's a job, it ain't no fucking it ain't fun no more. Like, the fun is the games, like 100%. Yeah. The fun is the games, everything else is work, watching film, yeah. being in the weight room, going to practice twice a day. Like, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't like y'all, y'all can talk about that, yeah, talk about more that because. <laughs> Yeah. Even on the college level, and then even when you, I know you went to semi pro, all that, all that, and then what Doug, you went to, to the, uh, to, uh, after the collegiate, you went on to the NFL. So, like, y'all have the, y'all know what this shit is, it's different. It's a business after that. When you leave high school, it's no longer just like, yo, let's go out and have fun every Friday. No. Uh, <laughs> y'all can speak on that probably way uh, better. Yeah, than I yeah. Your whole schedule is, is basically taking over. Like that was one of the most crucial lessons I learned in college. Like nobody tells you, nobody tells you to do anything. Like that's just all I just used to remember. Like nobody tells you to do anything. If you don't want to go to class today, so what? Sit in the bed. Ain't nobody about to be like, you miss class today. Like, like workouts. The only way that I respected my schedule was really like through football because it was more of a uh there were more disciplinary actions taken like I remember the first time I missed a a, a, a lift like and I'm pretty sure like y'all probably had this at Frost at Frostburg too like where y'all had like morning workouts and stuff oh like, yeah like if, yeah if we gotta be here at six o'clock and you know it's 605 and coach oh, yeah. looking around you don't see that one person like every college athlete has that time clock where they waking up before like yep yep <laughs> yep is it time and i remember the one time i missed missed my workout and i had to go in there man and i had to do the stairs and we had these long stairs that went up like to our cafeteria mm-hmm. like we had to wake up 5 30 to be there at six o'clock and it was mm-hmm. just like that moment, like just how I felt, like I've always been the type of person I hate disappointing people that like have like that like authoritative or like they kind of like see something in you. So like when I just had to sit in that office and say, you know, I'm sorry, coach, you know, I was just, it's just like that. That alone right there was all I needed because I never wanted to feel that again. It was just, but like it's it's very time consuming, and then the league is a whole another ball game. Like you have to be content with knowing I'm waking up at 5.30 and I'm not coming back home until maybe 9 o'clock. Like, that's just... <laughs> now, I'm not saying that's your schedule. Because meetings don't start to maybe about 8 and we're done at 2 or like 4. But those extra moments are what the greats do. Like, if meetings at 8, I'm up at 5.30 because I got to go get treatment. I got to get in the tub. Yep. I got to stretch. I got to go on yep. the playbook. Every morning, every morning before meetings, every morning, like clockwork, 
I would come to the facility. First of all, I'd probably get to the facility by like six something. I'll go get my breakfast. But every morning after I would go get my breakfast, I would walk upstairs, walk to my coach's office, grab the script of the day. Because like, you couldn't like do that stuff like in like college or high school. But I would go get the script, this thick six to seven like sheet with all the plays on it. And I would just prepare my mind because I was that type of person. I would mess up like sometimes. So I had to go like the extra mile. So now that's coming right. to my sleep though. I want sleep. But shoot, I can't sleep because I'm really trying to learn these plays by eight o'clock. So it's just it, it it really just takes over your whole schedule. But like you said though, if you don't love it, those moments you be like ah, like you'll second guess some. You be like nah, I don't really need it. And I'm not gonna sit here and like say I've I've, I've crossed every moment off like yeah like I've done. Because it's been sometimes I'm like bro, we just finished practice. We gotta be back here at six. I'm tired, bro. Like, I just want to. Yeah. But it's just an ongoing thing. Yeah. Mm. Man, man, for me, like, even being on a collegiate level, like, collegiate is more strict than semi-pro, so let me put that out there. So mm. even on a collegiate level, like, like you said, man, your Frostburg cold is shit. I don't know if y'all know, your <laughs> Frostburg cold is shit, especially in the wintertime. So, yo, you got to be, like you said, you got to be at, be at the door by 6 o'clock. You got to be in there by 6. If you here at 6, you late. You understand what I'm saying? So, now, imagine being not on scholarship. You ain't getting, you understand what I'm saying? This is for the love. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was trying to jump. This is for the love. At D3, this is for the fucking love. You understand what I'm saying? And I wanted to be elite. And like you said, I don't want to let my teammates down. I'm coachable. I'm this, that, and the third. So I did that. You know what I mean? We did that for the first two years. Then we went to my nighttime schedule. Nine to 11 was the workouts. So that shit, after yeah. the whole day, you got to go fucking go run and do that. That's man. disgusting, yo. Yo, it was horrible. Like, horrible. Yeah, like so, like I and I pray. I wish, like I wish I got to just even make it to a a, a NFL level where I had an opportunity because the the ethic was there for me. The work ethic was there for me. That was never the issue. You need me to be there. I'm gonna be there. You need right. and Malcolm necessity that even as like being being a trainer. Like I'm gonna be there. You know, I'm a you know what I mean whatever we need to do, we gonna sure. we gonna get it done. So for me, it's just like, yo, on different levels will definitely test you and see where you at in life. Being on a D3 level, and I'm speaking strictly from being a D3 athlete, yo, I started with 100-something teammates as far as my class. We only finished with 14 as seniors. So that lets you know that, like, yo, you got to love this shit. Like, love it. And playing on a semi-program level, you really got to love this shit because you ain't getting paid for this shit. You still got to go to work the next day. You feel me? <laughs> you still gotta go to work the next day, and you gotta love that shit. Like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, so it's just it's just different. Like, I still love football at 35 years. I'll be 34. Excuse me, 34, and I still love football even after a torn ACL, and I still want to play. So I understand. Yeah. So, so it. Go on, Mel. You keep calling me Mel, yo. I'm about no, to slide you through this fucking three, zoom. The three syllables. <laughs> <laughs> Social distance. Social distance. <laughs> Social distance. <laughs> Um, no, but I think both of y'all spoke on opportunity, yo. Like, yeah. like, okay, Doug, you you feel like you feel like you was in the right place at the right time, and and Norm, you just feel like you weren't at the right place at the right time. I just yeah, that's get interesting. Take on that because both of y'all both spoke on the opportunity. You say that. Yeah, because I didn't like 
there was never like I was like I never intended to play like arena football. Like I didn't at seven years old, like, yeah, I'm about to be the best indoor like football player like ever. Like it was like, no, I won't go to the league. So like for me, me just having that mental toughness being, you know, like instilled in me before, that allowed me to just look at indoor football as a ch- not yes a challenge but for me it was just a step like you know like when you're going up somewhere like you got to take that first step and then you keep going so arena for me was just a step that I was just willing to take so yeah like I will say like that's just just me being in that situation like I was going to be whoever I was in that situation which it turned out I was myself and that allowed me to be seen but I would say, yeah, like just me being in the right place and just me having that mindset that this is just a step, like to get somewhere. So I might as well just go ahead and step here first. Mm-hmm. So for me, I never looked at arena as an opportunity for me because of the position I played. I played running back. So in arena, mm-hmm. as you know, most running backs you know, like running 273, back. yeah, they don't exist. Um, and I never had a, a desire to play linebacker in the league because I'm five nine. How many fucking five nine besides Sam Mills? How many five nine and Jonathan Vilma? Five nine, five ten, and linebackers that you know, you know what I mean, that were really right. successful. So for me, it was just like, well, arena's not the way to go. So if I don't get noticed on this eleven man semi pro circuit or putting myself out there, then there's no end goal for me. Like I told you, Mel, I wanted to do a regional combine. I wanted to do the regional combine. And you know about that, uh, Doug. Mm. But a lot of it, it's it's a money grab to a degree because it's like, yo, they're not re- unless you really the top of the top, you're not gonna get an opportunity. You yeah. understand? If you ain't running, like you say, if you ain't running, if I wasn't at 27 years old, if I wasn't running the four three at 225, I wasn't gonna get looked at. You feel me? Because they can find some 18, they can find some 21, 22 year old. That's running, you know, a four five or four four, that is younger than I am. You understand what I'm saying? Right. My shelf life is a lot shorter than 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 that person is. So opportunities definitely play play like going to a bigger school definitely would have gave. And I think even Doug will agree to this. If he would have went to fucking Alabama or fucking Florida or somewhere like that, it's a way different. Even James, yeah, James Madison is a good college. Not taking nothing away from JMU. But if you go to one of them ACC, you understand what I'm saying, SEC situations, it's going to be different. And that, any football, any athlete will tell you that. Any any athlete will tell you opportunity will definitely change your situation. That's, that's And that's crazy because you focus, like, y'all both do it for the love and y'all got the skill. Like, Doug is six-something, a specimen – as a running back, you, I would, I would, who wouldn't want to put you on their, in their backfield? But it's just like that is so. I don't think a lot of people know. Like it's so much deeper than just, oh, I got the skill, I got the talent. Because I think there's millions of talented people. It's like mm-hmm. it's, it's so, so much deeper than that. So like, I know when you're playing, you, you get to the realization, like you said, your shelf life is a little different. And what happens is most athletes, they where it's a struggle is because you love something so much that you're defined by it in a sense. So, like, how do you pivot to other things in life, make sense of other things in life? Like, how do you kind of make yourself more uh, well-rounded? Because I think it's tough because for so long, you got to think, from the age of, like, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, up until whatever age, 
my my whole goal is this, but I need to now start considering other things while still working on this goal too. Nah, definitely. I will say, like in my professional uh, career, that is one of the things that has been most challenging. Just when you when something goes from you know like a hobby, a love, a leisure to then being like a job and it's required, it takes more out of you. And in order to get that out of you, you got to take away from something else too at the same time. So time doesn't change. The only thing that changes is what you allocate the time to. So it's like one of my struggles was I've always been so, you know, like tunnel vision and football. So that comes with everything. My lifestyle has to dictate that. You know, like what I do with my extra time dictates that. So sometimes that may mean these other things that I may want to do. You know, like for example, music has always been my first love. Um, I love music before I love football, but I don't get to, you know, play the drums as much as I want to because I'm an athlete. Like I got to focus on these things. I've always loved, you know, like theater and like the art acting and stuff like that but it's like a lot of things take a back burner to what you're really trying to focus on and I really want to say it was a I want to say like my second year pro like when I really started to because I always think about those things I think it was like my second year where it was like I want to start dabbling in things that I actually like to do and enjoy doing because I don't want to like lose myself like sometimes you can end up resenting things because you like dad I put all this time into this and now this time is lost with it. So I've just always just with myself, I try to be myself at all times. What that means is I feel like I'm a man of like many like faces. I I enjoy doing different things and I don't want to be known as one thing. Yes, I feel like I'm an athlete in every definition of the word. I think different. If you walk too close to me, like I might jab step you. Like I'm just a y'all get it like it's just certain things that's just in you like you can't change it but i also like to be i like to wear many hats like i like to be creative i like to dabble in music i like to dabble in videography so it's i feel like the quicker you can like learn and actually just know you don't have to be all of one thing you can master one thing and then begin to branch off, but you don't have to just, if I put all my time into this, I won't be able to do these other things. You can, you just have to time, knowing how to moderate your time. I used to always think that it's always gotta be football, which I still do, but there are other things in life that go on that you may have to allocate your time, you know, and and, and like space it out. So that was definitely, Back when I was in a relationship, I used to always like just this, you know, pillow talk like with my girl, like type like, Dad, like I want to do this, I want to do this, and she would just always be like, "Well, you, you, you can do that stuff." Like you, sometimes you feel like we're more under pressure than we really are, and it's like, "Dang, I don't got the time," and you yeah, all, sure. you just gotta find ways to just fit those things in. But it's tough though; like it's it's way way easier said than done. I say that. Cool. So for me, I, I think I realized when I had my when I had my kid that that was the end of my my dreams because I was gonna put I was gonna be no I'm being real with you I was gonna be put being the father first before me chasing my dreams. 
So mm-hmm. for me, it was like, this is okay. This is the real world. You're 22. You got a kid. You went to a D3 school. You don't have no agent. You don't have no, you know what I mean? Unless you go overseas, you might not get an opportunity. You understand what I'm saying? So what are you going to do now? Right? And my degree was in you no know, fitness, exercise science. So I was like, okay. I gotta I got a son to take care of. So that was my my thoughts thought thought process. Like fuck me. Mm-hmm. My son is the 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 important factor of the situation. So and right. like, like Doug said, like I've always had other things. i music is my first love. I love me wrestling and music are my two first loves, right? So before I wanted to be a football player, I wanted to be a wrestler. I know that sounds fucking crazy, but that's real talk. Like I wanted to be a wrestler before I wanted to be a football player. Mm. Um Music has always been a love of mine. Um, and then for me, as I realized as I got older and that, that football dream started to vanish more and more, there are other opportunities that I got to use that my gifts. So my discipline, mm-hmm. my work ethic, and things of that nature helped me become an actor, helped me become a business owner, helped me become, you know what I mean, the person I am today. So as Doug, mm-hmm. as Doug said, you tap into certain things like, okay, yes, I'm, I'm always going to be an athlete. You can't never. T- I don't give a fuck if I'm 75 years old. I'm still gonna be an athlete. You can still talk that shit. Right. I'm just gonna line up, see what's up. But at the end of the day, you know, I understand that my mental is another thing that my mental capability, my mental toughness, my work ethic, my my desire is the thing that helped me get to those other places and help me do those other things. I've been in four plays. I've been, you know, in videos. I've done music. I've done. There's other things that I love. I I do own a fitness company, Young Fitness for Life. I did start a podcast. You know, I'm still a part of the, you know what I mean? So it lets me know that, like, football is not the end-all, be-all. Even though I wanted it to be my end-all, be-all, there were other mm-hmm. opportunities for me in life to express who I am and what type of person I am and shows that my different dynamics of who I am as a person. Yeah. I, I don't got no other questions. That I answered everything. I don't got nothing else. That was a great, it's a great combo. Before we get out of here, though, I wanted to just, Norm, you have a fitness studio in Baltimore, and Doug, as uh, Essence of Pearl, like I see them all over Instagram. Like, I I want y'all to plug that real quick and just give everybody a handle real quick. Yes, sir. So I'm Young Fit Known for Life on IG. Yeah, I got you. Young Fit Known for Life on IG. Uh, hashtag YF4L on IG. You can hit me up. I am a personal trainer, fitness, virtual, whatever you need. Um, I'm here. I write programs. I do all, all the above. Um, I'm also a part of a blog podcast called Outside the Norm. We are uh, we work in the Unsolicited Views Studio. Shout out to them for you know hooking us up. So it's me and uh, three other people. We talk about life, relationships, love, everything. So nothing is off par for that. So we appreciate y'all. Please follow us on Instagram, Outside the Norm, and please follow me on Instagram, Young Fit North for Life. And I love y'all. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. What's up, Doug? Yeah. And just, um, I mean, I guess plug it in, but not even like a plug. Like we talked about mental toughness and uh, basically being able to create, like I feel like it's one of my like many talents. Like I feel like if I'm ever not able to create, I would be like crippled because I wouldn't like really know what to do. So like I always wanted to come out with some form of like a pearl, you know, like years ago, like it just never really hit me until like one day, like it hit me. I was actually watching, um, Ah, my bad. It's on Netflix. I was actually watching, uh, you know what? It's going to come to me by the time I finish, but I was watching this movie documentary on Netflix, and it hit me. But I am, and I do, Essence of Pearl, I've always been a strong mental 
uh, a strong person mentally. So I am and I do for me was my, was a way to remind myself. And when I say it to myself, like it's almost like with a sense of disgust. Let me ask y'all, like, have you ever been in a situation where it's something that you know you can do, it's something that you know you're barely talented in, and somebody, like, tried you in it? Like, let's say if you thought you was the fastest person and somebody, like, tried to call you out, and it's almost, like, disgust. For me, I've been in situations where I've been at my highest and I've been at my lowest. And to me, they're both the same. But sometimes your mind can play tricks on you. So when I've been to those times where I was low, I've always had to like come back like to the realization that I'm still like dumb. And if I think that I'm a strong person or if I think I'm a person that, that, that like fights and I don't quit, you got to remind yourself like sometimes. Mm. So when I got back to those like times and I related to times that I've got cut and stuff and I had to think like that, like, I'm terrible and like, I'm not good. But I got to like, remember like I am and I do like I put in work. Like, am I strong? I am like, am I a go getter? I am. I've never been the type of person to quit. I don't think I've ever quit anything in my life. And the words I do, it's a sense of action. You can't say those words without something actually being factual that comes after it. Like, I do work. I do dream. I do hustle. So everything that I'm supposed Dang. to get, I should get. So essence of Pearl, it's just all about staying true to your essence. No matter if you got $5 in your pocket, $5,000 in your pocket, it shouldn't change who you are to your core. And that's who you always want to be. So Essence of Pearl, you can follow us on Instagram at underscore Essence of Pearl underscore. Um, you can also follow me at, at Ocho Dougie on all my socials. But other than that, man, I'm just trying to push that positive affirmation to always let people know and remind themselves that, listen, you are who you are at the end of the day. You're not what you go through. You are who you are and you go through it. I am and I do. All facts. Appreciate all it. Facts. I ain't got nothing else to say on that. I got nothing else, bro. Yeah, I appreciate you. Appreciate y'all coming on. Yeah, we said same time. Hey, Doug, nice right, to meet you, brother. I appreciate you. Yeah, just wait. Till, once we uh, once this uh, you know, we can get back outside. We you know, we get together. You know, outside yeah. is closed right now. So outside, <laughs> the whole outside, right? The whole outside. Right. Is <laughs> that's crazy. But that's another episode of Unsolicited Views. We uh... thank you for listening to Unsolicited Views. 